This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome to Tigers on Tap, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Stepping up to the microphone are Trey Lasley and TJ Willis. Join the guys as they talk all things Memphis Tigers and their favorite beer. Turn your volume up, grab your favorite brew, and enjoy the conversation. Now, let's get to the show. What is up? Go Tigers 247 family. Trey and TJ back. Uh, after a big, big win at Navy, TJ, how you feeling after that? I feel good, man. I, I think that was something that we needed as a fan base. I think a lot of people had some questions following that Mississippi State loss. So getting in there, getting that win, it felt good. How are you? How did everything work for you? Yeah, I mean that dude. They did. They did exactly what uh, at least I said they needed to do. Three scores minimum, right? Um, I mean the the first half was a little bit closer, but uh, overall, I'm I'm pretty satisfied with that uh, that performance on Saturday. When you come out of there thirty seven thirteen, you've won four straight against Navy. Um, I mean, I thought we saw a lot of good things on Saturday. Seth, obviously, with the heck of a performance twenty four thirty four four fifteen two tutties. And a 71% completion, 192 on the uh, QB rating there. But, uh, I mean, I feel pretty good about it. I, uh, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling mighty high rolling into uh, week three in our home opener this week against the Red Wolves at a Jones boogie. But uh, first things first, we will uh, let's pop these lids open. This is my pick tonight. We're going with uh, Memphis made. II Captain was a tropical ale brewed with pineapple, lime, and mango. So, uh, very tropic feeling. We probably should have had this down at the beach, I'd say. Yeah, this is a Memphis made, and we we actually did a Memphis made not too long ago, probably like maybe like two weeks ago, and we kind of crapped all over the can. But this can, well, I a do, cooler. I got. I don't mean, give it I away. Guess. Gotta keep our secrets till we I'm get not, to the second I'm not part. Say, I'm just gonna say they're all of their cans kind of have the same theme. You know what I'm getting at there? Yeah, they kind of just all have the same look to them, which is this one is a little more fun. We'll get into that. Uh, oh wow, it says that right there too. Says so fun right there. Um, we'll get into that, but yeah, II Captain Tropical Ale Memphis Made. Shout out to Memphis Made. Five point five percent. We'll uh, 
we'll get a review for you guys at the uh, at the end of the episode. So, initial thoughts, TJ. We talked about it. Seth looked daggum good. I think the set that we were uh, anticipating, we talked about it going into last week that we felt like we could take advantage of that Navy secondary. And uh, sure enough, I think our boy uh, Hennigoat did that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if the first thing that stood out to you is just, uh, well, I mean, the opening play, he just rips one down the sideline. Like, sign well, me Don't up. ask me about that because uh, freaking, I'm glad we don't play any, any more games on CBS Sports. That was absurd. Yeah, and yeah. They, I mean, that Army UTSA game app wasn't working. I mean, I was in fits trying to see the first 12 minutes of this game. Like, I pulled it up on the TV, and it was Army and Navy, or Army and whoever, and they said, hey, go to the app. So I go to the app, and it's the ding freaking Army game again. Yeah, same thing. I could not get it to work. And then, I mean, I was a, I was typing an email to CBS Sports because they were showing the damn Army cadet, whatever you want to call it, singing their freaking alma mater. I'm like, we got a live game. Got a game here. Action. Can we flip over, please? But, uh, yeah, I did see the highlights, that long first first possession. I mean, uh, that's that's what you wanted to see, right? And what people talked about was coming out and striking early, striking fast. You, you win, you know, you want to go up early against Navy, make them play from behind. That's not really what they're comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think you got out to a hot start right there and kind of settled in a little bit in the, the second quarter, and we're only up 13 to, what, 7 going into half. But, uh I mean, you come out strong second half and just run them off the field, pretty much. What? Uh, so last week in a loss, I guess what we did—good, bad, and ugly. Why don't we uh, in a win? I don't. I don't want to focus on a bad and an ugly. So we're gonna mix it up and we're gonna go with uh, good, bad, and beautiful. So TJ, what do you have from uh, Saturday's matchup with the midshipmen? That was. Uh, we'll start. Let's start with the good. You want to start with the good? Yeah, let's start good. For me, I'm going to say the wide receivers. You know, after pretty much a pretty rough showing against Mississippi State, you know, I think the wide receivers had a, um, as a whole, they had a really nice bounce back. You know, we didn't see many drops and things like that. And um, Gabe Rogers stood out. You know, he, he led the way with 95 receiving yards. He's actually looked really good this year, considering I, you know, in previous years, I kind of only considered him as a speed guy, maybe a return guy, uh, but he actually looks like a receiver this year. Um, Javon Ivory had seven receptions, which ties his career high from the Montgomery Bowl in 2020 against FAU. Uh, F- Eddie Lewis didn't get the number of looks uh, that he did against Mississippi State, but he was still able to bring in three catches for 70 yards. You know, that's uh, including that initial rip down the sideline that we were talking about earlier, but. You know, I think one thing is for sure, and we talked about this a couple episodes ago, that they're going to continue to um, use skates kind of as that specialist, as that guy that's going to stretch the field and uh, really try to burn you deep, which they've done, right? I mean, he's yeah, they're I two mean, for two on getting him open downfield. He's not yeah, catching Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's back-to-back. I mean, hey, 50% right now, though. Um, yeah, that's back-to-back games. We've seen, seen them target skates on a, a fly down the center of the field, and both times just absolutely burn the defenders. So I, I would anticipate that we get to see a little bit more of that as the, as the year progresses. But I, I mean, I agree with you. I actually had wide receivers down as well. 
Um, but just to mix it up, and I, I think you're right, just touching on the wide receivers for a second, is like you said, I mean, eight different guys catching the ball and not a single drop. I mean, that is – talk about – we said that we thought this would be a game and an opportunity for the receivers to, to kind of turn themselves around, and I think they did exactly that. Um, you mentioned Javon Ivory, Seiko, my guy, seven catches, but he had 11 targets. It almost was like – Seth is starting to feel a little bit more comfortable throwing to Javon. We'd kind of talked about that in the preseason, that that's somebody we felt like could step up as a junior now in that room. And um, I don't know, maybe that's a, an indication that he could be uh, be one of those targets. You know, there were a couple – you mentioned Gabe too. They both had a couple nice catches on third down conversions. We joked about it during the game because Javon uh, – Olsiko got up and made the first down signal on a nice catch across the <laughs> middle, only to realize that he, he was five yards short of the like sticks. Which, short. Uh, <laughs> which, hey, you got I like the uh, enthusiasm, but uh, you got to know where you're at on the field. But um, for good, I'm going to go. I mean, how about the defense and the turnovers, right? That was something that the staff has kind of talked about that Ryan's mentioned is. With this change in scheme, they're definitely going to try to get more takeaways. I think we talked about it before we started. Was last year we had what eighteen total takeaways uh, as a defense in the year, and we were what did you say? I think minus four overall. Um, and this year we've got five through two games. They had three at Navy, two interceptions. Obviously, the one by Savante there at the end of the game, but an incredible one-handed pick by uh, Quindell in the first half, and then. Uh, the fumble. So, um, I mean, five, five takeaways through two games. That's a, a pretty good pay. And I think we've only got one, right? So we're plus four right now heading into week three. So good for me. I'm going to go, uh, defense takeaway specifically, but also I just feel like they did a really solid job. I was kind of looking back at some stats in the previous games with Navy, and this was our second lowest total to hold them to as far as running uh, yards. I think um, coming out of Saturday, Navy had rushing 215 yards, and that's 17 yards over what their previous low was, which was last year. I think they had 198 in that game last year. So it seems like as a program, we've kind of figured out the triple option a little bit. People I know have said you should be worried about it, but – I'm not I'm not worried about it. We just went up there and whipped that navy butt. So good for me, defense and takeovers. Uh let's jump to the bad, TJ. Anything bad that you can think of that stuck out? Yeah, and for me, there are a couple of things I think that you could point out. Um, but after last week saying the O line was kind of a bright spot against Mississippi State, I'm gonna go with what I believe to be consistent and assume Navy is just good at getting pressure on the quarterback at this point. Um, so I'm not going to hold that against offensive line. I'm going to go, um, my bad is going to be the Tigers third down conversion, uh, on defense. So we're allowing opponents to convert on third down 60% of the time. Uh, and that's not good, Bob. That's a, that's a high rate. I mean, that's essentially McIntyre stuff, right? Um, the next highest allowed third down percentage in the conference is USF at 53. So you're, you're worse than USF on third downs. And I think it's fair to say Memphis shouldn't be worse than USF at pretty much anything. Now, the question comes down to, you know, is this a scheme thing? Is is Barnes not drawing up the right play or are guys not executing? Is it a combo? 
Um, I don't know. And I don't think that uh, we may find out in this game, right? But I do think that if they allow Arkansas State to convert 60% of their third downs, uh, we could be in a really, we could be up for a really weird game, right? The defense needs to get out there and get some sauce on down. And, and to your point, you know, the turnovers are great. We want to keep those coming in, but you can't always re- rely on those. I think that uh, we're going to need to see some stops on third down just to, you know, get some punts going and things like that. What about you? Yeah. And, and that, I mean, they obviously were better this game than they were against state. They did. It was, I think maybe it was only seven to 17 on third down. The concern for me, and I agree with you was not just the third down. It was the distance that they were getting on these third down. Most of them were third and longs that they converted. Um, it's not like they were getting into a lot of third and two, third and one, you know, manageable for an offense. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was the first touchdown was a third and seven. Um, obviously, that was just sort of a little bit of Tyler just bit on that dive, and then the the fullback just came through and yeah. first ever career catch goes for a touchdown. So that's a little bit of like just kind of unlucky. It was a half step too too late. Um, but then also, I mean, they converted another third and nine for a first down, was a 14 yard rush. They had a third and six after that they converted. Uh, that was an 11 yard rush. Another third and nine that Lavatai just straight up the middle of the field for nine yards for a first down. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I agree. You can't, especially if you're able to get the offense into a third and a long situation, I mean, you got to get off the field. Um, Granted, you're going to have some conversions when teams get into those third and short, third and two, third and threes. But yeah. when you got third and seven and plus, like you got to get a stop and get off the field for sure. Yeah, I'm with you on the third and three, third and one stuff like that. You know, against Navy, where you know there's literally three options every time. Right. You know, and that, it, I think it kind of is so what it is with that. It's yeah, they were all like rushes. Right, it's a triple option from third and nine. They shouldn't be getting that first down. Um, so for me, yeah, I agree with you. I had third downs down there as well, but I'm gonna go. I mean, what was going on with the kickoffs? We had at least two that were out of bounds. I mean, you can't. Yeah, it, it didn't. That's not good. It, it didn't really impact the game. I would say on Saturday, but going forward, I mean, exactly. Maybe maybe it was some directional stuff they were trying to kick away. I don't know, but. Just kick it out of the back of the end zone. I mean, you got to keep the ball in bounds at least. We can't be kicking out of bounds and letting guys start from the 35. Especially, so. you know, it sounds like a, kind of a jerk thing to say. It's like your one job. Like, literally, it's his one job is to do kickoffs. Oh, yeah. I mean, on a, yeah, here. For us, his one job is kickoff. It's not like he's doing place kicking or anything else. So, um, I'll keep an eye out on that. Like I said, I don't know if that was something directionally and he was just kind of miss hitting a little bit and getting unlucky bounces, but I'd prefer to see those kicks just out of the back of the end zone. Uh, I'm going to throw in definitely is some could come back and bite you. I'm going to throw in one more thing. That's maybe not like a full on bad, but like it's, it's something to note and kind of keep an eye on. And that's blocking from the tight ends. You know, we mm-hmm. switched from uh 220, 230 pound Sean Dykes to Caden Priestcorn and Anthony Lanfear, these 6'5", 250-pound monsters, you know, these big mauling tight ends, and they're st- they still aren't very good at blocking, right? Yeah. And there's a couple of them. If you just watch the plays, I mean, they just, they're trying, I, I guess is, you know, easiest way to describe it, but they're just whiffing on guys, you know? Priestcorn is a former quarterback. 
I mean, he is 6'5", 250, but there's no telling how much time he has spent blocking people. And it kind of shows yeah. at times, even even as a receiver, it kind of shows that he's a little timid with the ball sometimes. Well, I think he mentioned with Kenny, too, being a former quarterback, that coming into college, he'd never once blocked anybody. Yeah. And I think you're kind of seeing that. He's definitely at times looks a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but hopefully that's something that they can figure. I mean, Seth did mention uh, in one of his interviews that, you know, at least in that Navy game, there were a couple of times. Navy, we talked about their front seven, and they're going to show a bunch of different looks. They're going to, you know, seem like they're bringing the house, show pressure, and then back off, or they will bring pressure. And Seth said there were several times when he he checked and pulled the tight end in for a little extra protection, and it, it did, um, you know, catch that protection and give him more time than he needed to be able to advance the ball down the field. But, um, yeah, we've definitely – there's been several times where we've seen uh, – maybe concerns there on, on the blocking from the tight end. So definitely something to keep an eye out on. Um, anything else bad or needs improvement that you, you saw on Saturday? Um, for me, that's probably all I've got. What about you? Anything else you want to throw You're in there? You're not going to say the freaking running game, my guy. I mean, I concerned at all about the running game. I'll touch on that when we get to the Arkansas state portion and you'll kind of see where I'm coming from there. Yeah. So I'll I'll just add that as a last one. I mean, I was disappointed. We did talk about it though. I mean, if anything from Navy was good and it, it may prove to be true, it's that front seven under defensive line. So um obviously we had the long run at towards the end of the game from Asa, like a fifty yarder, but uh besides, you know, Jay Ducker just running hard and getting some yardage, like BT was kinda eating up right away every time he was touching the ball and um I'd just like to see some improvement right now. We just, besides a couple, you know, Ducker's big run against state and then Asa's big run against Navy. We're just still not really seeing, uh, the run game kind of get where it needs to be. Um, all right, let's move on to the beautiful. Um, dude, you I'm go just going to say, I'm just going to say Hennigo, man. He had a hell of a game. 70% completion, 24, 34, I mean, I felt we joked about it. You sent me a text during the middle of it, and it's super sarcastic of, I think it was one of the one throws that Seth <laughs> missed. It was a little high out of bounds, and you're like, oh, so Seth sucks. But, uh, I mean, he was putting them on the money. The deep balls were on, on spot. Like, he was finding guys in third-down situations across the middle. Like, I mean, I just I feel like this is the Seth that we were anticipating um, coming into the year, and he just he looks – the part and he looked to me i don't know if you feel like this i feel like his arm has kind of gotten stronger too. Oh, yeah. i feel like especially that ball to skates down the middle of the field i mean i feel like he is slinging the rock yeah I, that is that is my beautiful as well it, it's i mean what what more can we say about seth right it's so hard to you know not beat down the door of seth 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 he's so good and especially you know what a way to rebound after that shaky start at um, at Mississippi State, you know, we've already kind of touched on the first play, just freaking rips it down the sideline. But it um, it's getting to the point where I, I, I don't want to say I expect this, right? Like I don't expect 24 of 34, 415 yards. But, you know, it's, it's those big throws because it's so much different than Brady White, right? You know, Brady was kind of a game manager. He wasn't really – Ripping them downfield, big plays. This is more like Riley, like Riley type of stuff. This feels like we have Ferguson yeah, back. It. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, 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 
you compare Ferguson, I think Seth's a little bit more, uh, I don't know, dialed in maybe. I don't know how to say well, it. No, I, I Riley, just, Riley was a little bit erratic it. at times. Yeah, it's just the way he just rips him downfield. He didn't care. Yeah, but it's, it's more of that. Yeah, Seth is more uh, more cerebral with those downfield throws, if you want to say that. Um, I'll, I'm going to do one more beautiful and just given the week that Memphis had had and shout out to coach for that end of game speech, that little yeah, spiel at the end talking about the city. I mean, um, I know there are people that haven't necessarily been on his side, but talk about a guy that really, I think appreciates Memphis and loves the city for what it is. And I think you got to see a little bit in that post game and, and just the emotion, the raw emotion that he was, uh, just kind of how I feel like a lot of Memphians had felt throughout the week. So shout out to, to coach for that beautiful post game and just, uh, the raw emotion on display and his love for, uh, for Memphis really hit home for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Anything else, uh, from the Navy matchup or the game that you wanted to uh, touch on before we dive into this paint bucket bowl? Um, I thought the defense played well, you know, six tackles for loss. That's pretty good, especially um, against a team that excels in the run uh, right before we play a team that maybe isn't the best at the run. So that you know, it gives me something to look forward to. Yeah, I, I do. I think the defense, Quindell, Zay, uh, which we haven't actually touched on, um, but both had big games each say with that. I mean, the Q with the interception we talked about, Zay had a forced fumble, nine tackles, Quindell with 13, Tyler with eight. We talked about, I said Cam could have a big day. He had eight tackles, uh, five solo. So, yeah, the defense, I think, definitely looked uh, looked good on uh, on on Saturday. Um, with Zay, what about that freaking targeting call? Yeah, it it's tough, right? I don't know if it's going to get overturned. Uh, you know, Ryan said that they're going to appeal it. I am not expecting it to get overturned. I think we're going to yeah, get Tyler at middle linebacker and maybe sincere at the other outside and they'll just kind of play it that way. Yeah. And see a little bit of uh Mayo in there. He came in after Zay went out and I think in like that happened towards the end of the third, right? Or where we yeah. were already in the fourth. He played well. Yeah. He came in and got six tackles in like a quarter. So, yeah. uh, so Davion Mayo could be out there as well, but I, I don't. I'm with you. I don't think we're going to see Zay first half Saturday. I think if it had been, uh, if the appeal appeal had been approved, we'd have already heard it by now. Yeah. Um, so I'm fully anticipating Zay to have to sit out that first half, but uh, which is unfortunate. But um, I think Davion and Sincere have, have proved that they're more than capable of of kind of filling in there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, with that, we'll uh, we'll jump into the painted bucket bowl. Um, first things first, TJ. Is this a rivalry? I mm, hell no. This I'm is not say a rivalry. It, I will say it is a rivalry just because we have played them a Get so often and b we don't really have any other active rivals right now. What do you mean we don't have? Act- as as of date, Houston, UCF, they're all still on the schedule, my dude. Yeah, we still for got now. games. To, and you don't have them yeah. anymore going forward. That's fine. We also, this is only, a, I think there's only two games left in this A-State series. This is not, I mean, whatever. We've played them a lot. But to be honest with you, I've never once thought of Arkansas State as a rival. I hadn't either until earlier this year. I saw an A-State guy tweet something about it. I was like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Is not a rivalry. Yeah, I mean, I've I got a a a, uh, a guy that I coached when he was in middle school who played for a state, and he's tweeting out Memphis Hate Week, and I like, I don't know, I just have never thought of this game. I'm sure, we've played, you know, they've played know, a lot, think, uh, a lot more than I thought. Yeah, they had. it's we're winning. We're up in the series 31 23 and then we talked about it in the season preview. There's five ties there. Um so yeah, they've they've played. Um, this will be the sixtieth matchup, but like, never once. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the A State game. Or I hate Arkansas State. I mean, definitely they've gotten their fair share of of victories. I think about the uh, the fiasco at the Liberty Bowl where they won on the uh, hail mary. Gosh, what a horrible, horrible time. But like, since. 1990 they've only won four games i think they've only beaten us four times so it's just not a rivalry to me so it's it's funny to see uh the a-state fans getting pretty wild riled up about it um but all right anyway pumped first home game home opener first game in simmons bank memorial stadium i can't wait to be out there on tiger lane we need to pack the bowl First game, get out to Simmons Bank, support the team. If you're on Tiger Lane, you want to come see me or TJ swing by D6364. We'll be out there pregame tailgating um, right now. So 6 o'clock kickoff right now. I think the line the line opened at, what, minus 13 and a half. Yep. TJ told us it was going to drop. And right now... It has only gone up, and we're sitting at minus 14 and a half. So, a little over two tutty favorites. What do you feel about that line initially? I, it seems kind of high for me, personally. I, I still think it's going to go back down a little bit, but everything's trending in the in favor of the Tigers right now. So, uh, what do I know, 
right? Yeah, I mean, I, it surprised me, but I'm kind of talking myself into it. Um, I thought it would be closer to like the ten range. Yeah, that's somewhere exactly around what there, I somewhere it was. like eight, eight and a half to ten ish, kind of. Um, I don't know quite what I feel on it yet. I don't know if I'm gonna take the tigs or not. I mean, I think we win for sure, but fourteen and a half seems like a little bit. Uh, seems a, a lot of points. To me. I don't know. I need to think on it. Um, I will say since 2017, and this is coming up because I'm seeing some A-State fans say that they're going to come in here and smack us, which <laughs> if that happens, I'm all out the rest of the year. Uh, but I'll say this through from 2017 to present day, the Tigs are 31 and four at home. Three of those losses are by a combined three points. And the other was a game-winning walk-off field goal. Uh, so we've lost by our four losses are by an average margin of 1.75 points. So I don't think if anybody's walking in here and smacking us, it ain't the Red Wolves from Jones Boogie for sure. Um, but anyway, what are uh, what are some matchups, TJ, that you are going to be watching for? You think are in- going to be important for uh, the takes to pull out a W on Saturday. Mm. I'm going to say my matchup to watch is Arkansas state's offensive line versus our defensive line. So they only allowed two sacks against Ohio state and Mississippi state wasn't holding the ball long enough really for Memphis to get back there and sack them. But uh, you know, Rogers is kind of having his way for us, but I think one thing that we have not seen from this defense, and this this whole thing comes back to, I, I just think this is a really good matchup for us defensively, right? It's going to kind of show us where we're at. Not because I think like the Tigers are going to roll or crush A-State or anything, but I think it's a good place for under, us to understand where we are as a defense. You know, we, we played the air raid, then the triple option, and we've just been kind of going against, you know, two extreme opposites, right? You know, with 392 rushing yards on the season and 450 passing, Arkansas State's relatively balanced. So we're finally finding this uh, this even-killed offense that we're going to be going against. We're going to be able to be in our base. You know, you're, you're finally going to be able to see um, Tyler Murray, Canton Arku, and Zay Colon all at once, kind of, uh, in the second half there. So... For me, I, I just want to see what our defensive line looks like against an offense that isn't so um, just extreme. Specialized. Yeah, just yeah. so yeah, just uh, just a standard offense, right? Butch doesn't do anything too yeah. crazy there. I just want to see what we have. That way, I can grade the defense kind of going forward. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. It's definitely going to be nice to not see such a uh, like we said, specialized air raid or triple option where you're just dinking yeah. and dunking or getting three, four yards at a time to see truly against a straight up more uh, conventional style offense. Um, for me, I'm defensively, at least it's, it's going to be our DBs. Um, sure. Not necessarily against their entire receiving core, because I think there's only one real guy that they, uh, they rely pretty heavily and reminds me a lot of, of uh, Calvin in the last several yeah. years, but the Oregon State transfer champ Flemings, um, 10 targets, 10 receptions for 105 yards against Ohio State. He had a long of a 60-yard catch. Um, 
but he's a smaller guy speedster and I think Butch is going to use different ways to try to get him the ball you know not only trying to air it out over the top or quick slants but could also see them hand it off to him in a jet sweep or other you know instances like that just to try to get him out in space and use his speed to to kind of uh, try to beat us around the edge so if we can contain Champ and force them to go to some of their other guys, um, I think it should be a pretty successful day for the Tigs. But uh, that's an that's a matchup that I'm kind of looking forward to to watching on Saturday because so far through uh, through two weeks, Champ Fleming seems to be uh, seems to be the go-to for uh, the Red Wolves there on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point there. It, it seems like you just need to find number seven and then. Uh, let the rest of the guys beat you. You know, the next guy up I has mean, three the, catches, 45 yards. I mean. Yeah. The problem, though, is how, how easy is it going to be to find number seven? Because he's, what, 5'4 or something? He's a little yeah. dude. 5'6", five, yeah. 5'5", five, 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 140. So if he's running a jet sweep, I mean, you, I don't know. You got to be up on your tiptoes looking over to see where he's at. It sounds crazy, he's but I do. Easy I, to lose him. I do feel better about the matchup. You know, I don't feel like uh, in this instance, you you have the the corner on our team has the bigger matchup. They have the the size advantage. You know, it's not like we're going to get state where everybody's six two plus. Yeah, that's true. Um, definitely going to be a mismatch on those linebackers though with the speed. Be a they do have that. They line Go ahead. I was just going to say, a little concerning. They line him up in a little unconventional, maybe in the slot or in the backfield or something, try to get a mismatch with a linebacker. That's, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. That's what I would do. But they um, they have that tight end or split out. Uh, Sedu Treor, I know I talked to you about him, and you yeah. were telling me he's a nobody. But at 6'4", 220, they, they call him a tight end. He's a glorified wide receiver that is just big, right? And it's not that I think that he is a great – talent but at that size that's going to be tough for memphis to compare against yeah they could try to take advantage of yeah absolutely i'm just at the point where through two games it looks like they relied pretty heavily and try to do a lot of things through champ so if you're able to kind of hone in and and slow him down i think you might be able to be pretty successful against that red wolf's uh offense um you mentioned our defensive line uh I think that's going to be intriguing too. I hope I, you know, looking at at A State's previous two games, they've given up 22 tackles for loss. So while they haven't given up a whole lot of sacks, I mean the the defensive lines for both Ohio State and Grambling were able to get in the backfield and either hit the running back or um, you know bring them down behind the line of scrimmage. I think uh, Grambling had 10 tackles for a loss in their their matchup where they got absolutely destroyed 58 to three seems a little unusual for a team. that got beat that bad to have that many TFLs. And then, uh, last week in, in the horseshoe, um, Ohio state had 12 tackles for a loss, only had two sacks, um, but 12 tackles for a loss. So I think it, uh, you know, something interesting to see if the tigers are able to kind of get there in the backfield and, uh, get some negative plays going there. Um, what about offensively for the Tigers? Any uh, anything you're going to be looking for matchup wise for Tigers offensively? Yeah, I think they're going to go to the air. I not a. It's what I was talking about earlier. It, when you asked about the running game, 
I think it may be advantageous for the Tigers to do what they have been doing. Uh, you know, the same thing they did last game, right? Open up, get a couple of runs in there, here and there. And that eventually will open up the passing game downfield. But at the same time, I would treat this just like how the Tigers wrapped up last season. Just keep airing it out and run the ball sparingly when you need to. Because once you start running, or once you, excuse me, once you start passing and getting these deep shots all over the field, it's going to back everyone up and kind of open up that run game. I, I think I would just completely flip the script. And uh, I think I would just pass it, pass it, pass it, and just let Seth be Seth. I and mean, that's your best player on offense. I don't care what anyone says that – that's clearly your best player. You let him control the ball, have it in his hand as much as possible. And then, you know, eventually the running game will open up for you there. Yeah. I mean, you said it, let Seth be Seth, right? We talked about it a little bit comparing him Riley talent wise. I feel like they've got similar arms, but we said it like, I think Seth just makes all the right decisions. Most of the time, he's not going to force something that's not there, but he's got the capability to make a play and take a shot and put it where I feel like only his receivers really got an opportunity to catch it. So I agree with you. I mean, I have it down as a matchup that I'm going to be watching is our, our running back versus our running backs versus their front seven and, and whether or not we're being able to get some yards on the ground. I mean, to me, I feel like what you get 150 on the ground combined from your backs. That's a, a good day. Probably. Good day. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, Cramsey talked about it and his availability this week, kind of their approach to it. We've continued to see BT, Ducker, and Asa all kind of get touches, and they're all hovering in that, what, like five, six, seven. You know, I think BT had 10. Yeah. But um, he said they're kind of getting a feel, right? They use the first half to get a feel. You see who's got the hot hand, second half you ride with that guy. To me, it's like, let's try to identify even earlier who's got the hot hand, right? Like I don't, to, I've just felt like Ducker has been out. I mean, Asa's had some good runs, but I feel like Ducker every play he's getting something out of it, right? Even if he's hit at the line of scrimmage, he's running hard or he's making some kind of spin off or a quick cut to at least pick up positive yardage where I feel like BT's just kind of, there's nothing there. They're trying to run in between the tackles and, a lot of times he's just getting stood up and, and brought down. So, like, I'm looking for them to identify who's got the hot hand earlier in the game, keep feeding them, and let's try to get something on the ground. But I agree with you. I think you can use the pass for sure first and let Seth, you know, take some shots down the field. We talked about it. You have several guys who can beat defenses deep. You got Joe Skates to throw out there. You got Gabe who could do it. Eddie, all three of them did it in the game at Navy, right? And I think A-State secondary isn't uh, – isn't definitely isn't going to be one of the better secondaries we're going to see this year. So mm -hmm. I think there's definitely going to be opportunities to stretch the field and, and uh, take the top off the defense. And then, like you said, that'll probably open up, open up some of the running lanes in the run game for, uh, for success. I do think that Brandon kind of gets the roll into the stick, right? We see Jay Ducker making these huge flashes. Um, but at the same time, Brandon's getting those ugly, those ugly carries early in the game. Right. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. The establishing plays type of thing. So I think if the the roles were flipped, it may look a little bit different. It's just, um, you know, it, it look at the stats. Right. I mean, Brandon has how many carries? 17 carries, 61 yards. And Jay has 10 carries, 71 yards. 
So the yardage isn't much different. Obviously, Jay has that big 50-yard run from uh, last week. Yeah. I guess two weeks ago, I want to look at it now. But yeah, um, you know, the, the numbers aren't that staggering. So I, I think it's it's more so uh, Brandon is kind of the, the fight for three yards guy. And then let Ducker kind of, you know, they run the zone blocking scheme. And Ducker is so quick at seeing holes. He can cut back at any time. And there's a zone. That's kind of what the zone is designed for is to allow a guy to cut back and uh, make a, make a read and then just make a quick decision. And then he's just so good at that, that I think it, it's a nicer little one, two punch right there. And then Ace has just somehow sprinkled his way into the running game. Yeah. You, uh, you remember our superlatives and who I picked to have the most rushing yards. Who did you pick Trey? My guy Asa. So if they're two games, it's looking good for me. It is looking good. We'll see. Hopefully that sticks up. Keeps, uh, keeps on going but uh we'll see yeah i i agree with you i do think brandon a lot of times he's getting some of those early running calls that are just not there but that doesn't that does make me think what have you had any issues so far with any of the play calling no i think ramsey has been great i do too i mean i i think i think back to the and he totally like didn't take credit for this but like the screen call in the third quarter that That uh, ducker took for a for i mean a perfect Cramsey's not going to take credit for it because he says it only matters if it's executed and they executed perfectly. But what a perfect time for that play call. Um, and even, you know, what I liked seeing was something from two years ago. They ran it several times, but uh, the shuffle pass the to shuffle pre-scorn pass. for the first for the first study. Yeah. Um, so good to just see some of those wrinkles. And I, I agree with you. I've had zero. I've, there hasn't been a moment yet where um, I've just been like, what the hell was that call? Now there's, you know, there's a couple of those, like, uh, it's kind of like a read, right? Seth looks outside. He, he sees that we have the numbers outside and they throw the quick screen stuff. I just, I've never been a fan of those. I hated it when Norville did it because it just, it puts so much emphasis on that one guy making his block. Right. And if he doesn't make it, it's a loss every time or an interception or a fumble. There's just too many things that can go wrong. Yeah. It's, it's, you're leaving it up to a guy to make one block or somebody that's skilled enough to make that first guy miss immediately and then yeah. just take off. Right. And it's just, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of them either, but, um, I haven't been like, why are we calling them? You know, you got to try to ex- extend the field and, and spread it out. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've been, I've been pleased through two weeks of, uh, of the play, both sides, the defensive and offensive, uh, what they've been dialing up. Yeah. I think um, this is right, definitely yep. the week to grade Matt Barnes. Right. Against Navy, yeah. it's so tough. Mississippi State, it's so yeah. tough. We've talked about this. Well, yeah. It's going to give you a real look going forward against more conventional present day offenses of how you can kind of hopefully. Exp- Obviously, we've talked about the number of transfers that A State has coming in, but they are so fresh, is what I'll say, because they're not necessarily young. They're just a new team to each other. They've got a lot of first year or second year guys in the, in the program. Um, yeah. That there is talent there, but I just don't know that they know who they are yet. They're kind of still trying to figure themselves out, but it's going to give you a better idea of, of what you may see defensively from us when you go up against SMU or a UCF or one of, you know, a more present day, more conventional style offense. So yeah, Yeah. I agree. North Texas, it's a passing offense. Temple. It's probably a run first. Don't really know. 
But they just it's a running back coach. A former running back coach is the head coach. I'm assuming they're gonna be a run heavy Houston spread, East Carolina spread, Tulane spread, UCF spread. It's just going forward, it's just you have a more standard offense that you're going against. So I this is where I think we see Barnes start to look a little bit uh more so like the guy we expected to get. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you have uh, any other uh, tidbits on A-State before we get into – I mean, maybe I should only be the one that does prediction scores considering how last week went. I don't know how you feel about that. but I was close. Mm, I said close. 35-21. I thought that Navy would get a last-second touchdown, and they were driving to make that, and then they just didn't get it. Yeah, that was a, that was a super decent guess there. But 30, dude, for those of you listening at home, TJ and I are in a pick em pot where we uh, we got a group of friends that submit $2 every week and we pick the score. And the pot rolls over every week until somebody gets the exact score correct. Uh, and I missed it by one point. 30 freaking 7 to 13. Your boy had 38-13. I was one point away from a big winning day. It's a big pot. It's grown. It has grown. It's a lot of fun. We've done it. This is the second time we've had the pot grow. The first one we started in, uh, when did we start that? 2017? Yeah, I was thinking 17, 18, yeah. We started it in the 17 season and it went until the Houston game of 2019. And this current pot has been going since after the Houston game of 2019. So... Two and a half, two full seasons and like four games now. So like two and a half full seasons, the pot's been gone. Somebody's gonna get it this year, though. I feel it. All right, I'll let you uh, you kick us off with the predictions. Ooh, um, give me. You gotta. We're gonna go. You gotta give me first Tutty. Uh, and then offensive player game, defensive player, and then give me a score. First touchdown, I'm going to go It's with, a tutty, not a touchdown. I'm going with Gabe. Gabe Rogers seems to be uh, really re- finding some return open Gabe? spots. No, I don't I'm not expecting kick return Gabe, but uh I think it'll be a passing touchdown from Seth. All right. Tig score first. Tigers will score first. I think the score what what other questions were? They're just score now? Uh, give me offensive and defensive game balls. I will say offensive game ball will go to, I'm trying to pick someone. I'll say, I'm going to go with Eddie Lewis as the offensive game ball. Yeah. And which is kind of hard. It's hard to pick a wide receiver and not the quarterback. Cause like someone had to get the ball to him, but yeah, I'm going to go Eddie. I think he's going to have a good day. And then on defense, I'm going to go Tyler Murray. He's kind of uh, been injured and then looked good and bad at times versus Navy. Obviously kind of playing out of position at times. But um, I'm going to go with Tyler Murray on defense. It, Gosh, I'm trying not I, to go Quindell. Don't go Seth those Quindell. Of you, That's a rule. For those of you at home that are keeping track, I asked TJ about the possibility of Tyler missing last week. And TJ told me he didn't think Tyler was going to play that much because he's better against the pass. And then what happens? He gave up a 70-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, it was tricky. Tricky? 
Um, okay, I'm gonna go first. Tutty is scored by Javon Seco Ivory. He gets his his first Tutty of the year. Um, offensive player of the game. Game ball. I'm gonna stick with Ivory. I think he comes out. He gets two tutties on Saturday. Okay. He'll eclipse. He'll eclipse 100 yards. Two tutties. Defensive. I was gonna say Tyler, but you took it. I'm gonna say. There's a D line candidate. I think that could be said. I don't. Are you talking about Cameron? Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure he'll have a good game as well. But yeah, it's not where I, just, I was going with that. I was hyping him up last week. Um. Gosh, who do I want to say? I'm going to say your boy Jeff has a good game. I'm going to stick in the linebackers, but I'm going to go with Jeff. Can't narc you. Yeah. I think he could use a bounce gonna, back game. He didn't play he much gets, last uh, week. We talked about it. A-State's been giving up some TFLs. I'm going to say I'm gonna say Jeff gets in the backfield three and a half times for tackles for a loss. That's a good one. Maybe, for, maybe forces a fumble. I thought you were going to say Jalen Allen. That's when I was kind of uh, alluding to earlier. Well, I was thinking about that, but he got week one, right? So does that mean he can't get somebody. week two or week three? I was just trying to just trying to pick somebody different. Why not Cormonte? He got a sack last week. Maybe he's going to build off of he it. He did. He did. No, I'm sticking. I said Jeff. I'm sticking with Jeff. I respect it. Um, uh, One thing we haven't before I give my score prediction. One thing we didn't talk about. Oh, I didn't get my score prediction. The offensive line. Do you think if... Pounders is back. We see another mix-up. I feel like it's going to, you know, Davion Carter's been playing really well. Yeah. Since he got moved in, since Pounders went out. I mean, he was even ranked as the uh, our top offensive lineman last week. So do you see them moving him back out, or do you see them inserting Pounders and taking somebody else out of the lineup? Um, or sticking with what they've got right now? That is a good question. I think... I don't know. Myers was not great last week at all. Um, it could be a situation where they just pull Myers out and just and stick pounders in and put pounders in. Yeah. Cause Davion has played well. Uh, Matt Dell did not get a false start last week. So that is a yes, win. He did bro. Last week he did. I, yes. I pulled up the stat. He had one. It's officially mm. in the stat book. Dang. Never mind. Yeah. He's got to go. He's out. Here, I'll tell you what they are. He had, which, it's listed as offside, so does that mean he was just straight up lined offside? I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know how you do that as an offensive lineman. But it was, it was second quarter, ten and a half minute mark, Memphis penalty offsides, Matt Dale, five yards. How do you even do that? I don't know. Maybe that's right. listed wrong. Final answer, I will say they will stick with the same line. I don't think they're going to rush him back. So those continuation, stick with the same line they've had. All right. It'll be interesting. We'll keep an eye out. Um, All right, hit me with your score. I don't think people are going to like it, but I also thought 13 and a half was really high. Um, I'm going to say Memphis 38, Arkansas State 28. Okay. The more we've talked about, I'm talking myself into 14 and a half being probably about right. Um, I'm going to say 
Tiggs, 41. Hmm. Arkansas State. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yeah, I think they score late. Love to figure out how you got to twenty-two. They score towards the end of the game and go for two and get it. That's weird as hell. I was going to go thirty-eight twenty-four, but that is the fourteen points, and I can't have Fishman coming for me after I said they weren't going to cover. Yeah, that's true. All right, All right, so what was your what was your final 3524 is that what you said? No, I'm going to say 3824. 3824 and uh, 3828. 41. I'm sorry. That's what it was. 3828. 3828 and 4122. All right. Uh You got anything else, DJ? No, we finished this II captain real quickly. I, I, dude, I just now, that just now hit me why it's I, I, Captain. So I was going to say the can looks like SpongeBob, but not in a cartoony way. It was just the coloring scheme. It's clearly a pineapple, but I was just going to be like, hey, this kind of looks like SpongeBob. I didn't even register the I, I, Captain. Did you? And then <laughs> I see where it says fun on the bottom of the can with SpongeBob's freaking Literally face. Literally his face. So how did... Did they get the okay from like Nickelodeon to do that? I cannot answer that question. Memphis made you guys might be in a little bit of legal trouble. I mean, surely you you checked your boxes, but uh, maybe it's altered a little bit, so it's not exactly SpongeBob. But that's definitely who it's supposed to be. No, man, that's definitely SpongeBob. Um, I I don't remember what we gave. The the last can from Memphis made, but this one's definitely cooler because it works in SpongeBob and it kind of looks like SpongeBob but still slash the a same. pineapple. I'm still saying it's, it's higher. The, it's still the same. Yeah, I know. I just it's still the same like styling of can, if you will. It's just changed the colors a little bit and added some doo doo brown circles that are supposed to look like the holies in a sponge. But I mean, it's fine. The Embridge uh, barcode is cool, like we said. I mean, I think I gave the last one like a 3-2. I'll give this one a 4-3 for the SpongeBob theme. Okay. It's still, just not a, it's still just not a great can. I mean, it's better, but the colored lines with the plain colored can and the low, I just, I need more creativity. This one's getting there, but it's still not quite there. Yeah, it's I'll a 4-3 f- on the can. I'll go 4-8 on the can. I think it's much better than the other one. It's still just not good. Yeah. Better, but not good. That's where I'm at. Um, As far as beer goes, I mean, this was delightful. Yeah, I was actually surprised. I thought I was going to hate it. And I took one sip and I was like, huh. I mean, no, I've uh, I've pretty damn good. I could could definitely drink several. I mean, especially if we were still down there at the beach, I would uh, probably put a couple of these in the cooler and enjoy them uh, with the toes in the sand for sure. Um, tropical ale, I, I captain Memphis made, I'm going to go, I mean, this is a good, I'm going to go like seven and seven, eight on this. It's a good brew. It is good. I was, I'm going to go a little bit higher. It's probably, um, 
This is pushing it for the Memphis style lager for me. I'm going to say this is probably like an 8-1. I really wow. liked it. Well, yeah, it is good. I could I could probably convince my... It, mine's... I'm at the tail end of it, so it's gotten a little bit room temperature, so I'm trying to grade it based on what I'm tasting right now. I could... I could convince myself if this was ice cold, this could be in the eights for sure. It's a, a tropical ale brewed with pineapple, lime, and mango. But like you don't get like that fruity beer flavor, I don't think. Yeah, it's, it's just like fresh. Not, uh, it's just a yeah, fresh beer. I don't know. It's not overwhelming fruit for sure. Pretty good. Good, good for you, Memphis Made. Yeah, solid product you got there in the eye, Captain. Yeah, yeah, I love, I do, I like the SpongeBob theme. Creativity get points just the can needed to be better um all right for tj this is trey come with the cold beer stay with the hot takes peace peace thank you for listening to tigers on tap if you enjoyed this episode please leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast if you are interested in content all about the university of memphis tiger athletic program hop over to www.gotigers247.com new articles are published daily and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for VIP. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.